This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number 61. And I'm Richard Miller. And we're the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. Now, if you haven't had a chance already, then don't forget to head over to the Envision Self Healing website where you can get your hands on a free ebook that tells you 10 top tips on how you can start improving your eyesight in our modern day world. The topic of the week this week is causes of eye strain. And in the question of the week, we answer a question from email that asks, can I use an eye mask instead of palming? So Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, I have two, two little tidbits here. One, one was uh, I did succeed in carrying about a ton of sand through, through this office, <laughs> right in front of this camera. I didn't leave the camera on. Uh, well, I put in nine tons of sand in my backyard. Wow, and you survived because uh, it yeah. wasn't so long ago that you threw your back out exactly. doing some yard work. So I was carrying him on my shoulders and mm. trying to be balanced about it and putting one <laughs> on each shoulder. So it means that all the work that you did after that yeah. injury really kind of worked. It did pay off, yeah. Excellent. And holding the weight, being conscious of holding the weight close to the body. Okay. So that happened this week, so I was very happy to, to success, successfully survive the tons of sand. <laughs> And then I'm getting ready for my appointment. Uh, I've got an appointment at UC Berkeley Optometry School okay. for uh, in their low vision clinic because they prescribe these telescopes uh, for driving. Oh. So um, in true self-healing style, uh, I started researching what the possibilities were because I wanted to go in really fully aware of the kind of things they would be suggesting rather okay. than going in completely ignorant and sort of putting myself in Going their in, hands. Yeah. You don't want to go in blind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to go in blind. So I've started researching different, because I drove 25 years ago with a telescope like this. Uh-huh. And uh, I want to go, and I know that the routine is they bring you in and they're the doctor and they want to tell you how they can improve your life. Mm-hmm. But if you're completely kind of passive in that situation, they decide how your life could be improved, you know, as opposed to you having an idea. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's improve the quality of your life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know, you want to know how you want to improve the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I, the thing I worry about with this situation is they might start focusing on computer use or reading or things that I feel like I'm capable of, of uh, coming up with my own answers on, mm-hmm. and probably answers they wouldn't come up with. They would want to mm-hmm. prescribe a lot of technology and lenses mm-hmm. to try and improve the quality of my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's an area that I am already in control of. That's, that's in my territory. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going in sort of with a, a bit of a boundary of saying, this is, this is where I control my life, and this is where I'm, I'm asking for help. Right. So. You can be a bit more specific and you can direct the, yeah. the session a little bit more instead of it kind of going off at a different tangent and then you come out sort of feeling that you, what you originally went in for, you didn't necessarily get exactly. the answers. It's like, oh, they gave me some glasses for computers, <laughs> but I can't drive still or something like <laughs> yeah. that, you know? Um, so there's that aspect. And then the, mm-hmm. the final thing I was going to talk about is it's an interesting uh, dilemma. And I'm, I'm a little open on this one is the telescopes they prescribed, when 25 years ago they were all one-eyed telescopes. You had a monocular 
okay. telescope. And I, as I, I think I said before, I worked with one of those for seven years using only my right eye to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm really in, in our mode, we're, we're like balanced use of the eyes. So I'm really attracted to the systems that use both eyes. So I'm not creating an imbalance through, mm-hmm. through driving. So. Yeah, I guess a good example is people like uh, watchmakers or somebody that exactly, yeah. uses those, those high magnified glasses and mm-hmm. a lot of the time you, you find a big imbalance there between the two eyes. Right. So those are the, that's, the, that's okay. how I'm preparing for this appointment. Right, and when it's, that's next week, uh, so uh, yeah. our next, next podcast, you'll be able to tell us a little bit more uh, yeah. how it went. Yeah. Uh, and if you found the low vision clinic. Yeah, useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it will be useful on some level. I guess I, as a self-healing person, I'm, I'm always a little like, okay, I've got to keep my... Keep my boundaries, I guess, is what it's yeah, saying. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Now, that's certainly we. That's why we always encourage um, people that it's important that you continue to go to the ophthalmologist and, right. and eye specialists on a regular basis. It's just a case of of educating yourself a little bit more, right. um, so that you can kind of uh, take control, I guess. Yeah, you have informed decisions. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's important. I mean, things like cataract surgery, for instance, where, you know, how severe is my cataract and what, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of decisions are where there is, there is a gray area where you can, you can make a decision and you may not even realize yeah. you're allowed that decision, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So how was your week? Uh, good, good. I, I guess, uh, I guess a big thing for me this week is uh, last week I went um, camping. Now it's coming into the the camping season here mm-hmm. in California now the weather's heating up and I guess around the world now that the summer is upon uh, I guess this side of the hemisphere mm-hmm. um, so uh, but one thing that I noticed which which was really interesting is is well one the first thing how much I enjoy how much my eyes enjoy kind of being out in that nature um, and in particular I was finding mm-hmm. at night times once we kind of get yeah. the fire going and just sitting at outside in the dark and just allowing my eyes to relax in that and not necessarily have any stress around not being able to see in the dark because a lot of the time with someone with retinitis pigmentosa or any peripheral conditions or night blindness issues normally when you're in that area it's it's kind of uh, anxious you know it's anxiety producing yeah so to be able to relax into that environment which i think the peripheral vision exercises in the dark um Played a, played a big part of that, right. getting used to being in the dark again, something that since being a child I've always avoided and been told to avoid. So um, the first thing I noticed sort of how relaxed my eyes could be in that environment uh, and how enjoyable that was. Uh, and indeed the next day that when we went for a hike uh, to have more of a concept of the height of the trees mm-hmm. uh, and the width of, of being in the uh, forests. And of course it's, it's very hilly where we are. so. To be able to appreciate the landscape a little bit more, have more of a sense of uh, expansion mm-hmm. um, instead of just the, the smaller central area. Mm. And I think one thing that's so nice about it in that setting is that you've got the bright green trees and the bright blue right. California sky. Just like I talked about a few weeks ago, that that was when I, I really noticed um, a discrepancy there in my in my peripheral right. vision. Right. Um, and I think those colors, and I thought it's kind of interesting because that's those cone cone cell colors again blue right. and green blue and green yeah um, and how you were saying about how the the red cone cell was kind of the last one mm-hmm. to evolve there um, so it kind of makes sense to me why I would enjoy those those colors and kind yeah. of really 
pick them up as being nice and bright. So, but uh, in that, that evening time, it was a full moon and my friend, uh, he said to me, uh, you know, we were at the campsite, uh, campfire and the fire was dying out and he was like, you've got to come check out this, this big bright blue, uh, blue, this big, uh, this big white moon, like, just oh, this, okay, this yeah. immense uh, full moon, mm-hmm. uh, but it involved um, sort of going down a path a little bit. And of course it was interesting for me because I, my um, first response was just to say no. Yeah. Uh, and I just said, uh, the, uh, kind of the idea of me having to trek through some woods in the dark, I mean, it really wasn't that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of brought up some anxiety sure. and, and I kind of thought, well, I don't want to do that. And uh, it kind of kept on it. And it was interesting, this, this guy uh, really highlighted to me how common sense this work is, the, the self-healing and the eye exercises. He's an accountant. And uh, he knows about uh, my retinitis pigmentosa. Mm-hmm. And he said, but surely this is really good for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's taking it on <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> so this is, this is an accountant telling uh, a natural vision improvement <laughs> uh, therapist, uh, practitioner, coach, um, that you know, he should go on this, this, this walk out into the dark and, and actually switch my headlamp off and to spend some time in the dark in, in order to, to help exercise and strengthen my eyes. So of course I, I then had to go right, right, <laughs> after right, right. that. Um, so we did it and it really wasn't that far and, and of course I just had the headlamp and, um, and when I got there it was just amazing, just this, this bright full moon and uh, he said, so what can you see? And I was like, well I can kind of see the tops of the trees and mm-hmm. he was like, wow that's amazing. Because um, obviously his concept of, of night blindness um, yeah. And he said, can you see kind of the mist and the fog coming through the trees and the hills? And I said, yeah, I can see that. And again, he was, he was just, you know, he's like, wow, I can't believe you've seen it. He was like, that's all I can see. Right, yeah. And I, and I guess it really highlights um, when you have these conditions, especially if it's from birth, um, mm-hmm. you kind of have this anticipation or, or perception of what good periphery yeah, exactly, is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I kind of, Really, uh, really enjoyed that. It was a nice little little lesson there yeah. um, for me. And again, it, it highlighted even though I spend my days educating people about using their eyes and, and using what's weak, and that still in myself there's still that that anxiety there. And it's easier yeah. just to sit and not go and test yourself yeah. or, or not try and you know exercise your eyes that little bit more and let that anxiety kind of take you over a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, looking forward to uh, plenty more uh, camping experiences and, and spending some more time out in the dark because it really does help my eyes. Okay, great. Well, I think that's a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is causes of eye strain. So I think we're going to start out with uh, our, our uh, favorite favorite cause of eye strain, which is uh, focusing near too much. Yeah. So if if you think about it, and we, we talk a lot a lot about this um, in the ebook on the website because right. it's called a modern day guide for improving eyesight. So we talk a lot about caveman Dave and how uh, back in the day he would have spent a lot of time out in the in the big plains and out right. hunting and and camping just like. You what, just what, did, just yeah. like what I did, yeah. uh, and how you use your eyes just completely differently, and, and how you would be looking out a lot more into the distance, and the, your, the amount of time you spent looking near would, would have been a, a lot more minimal compared to 
nowadays. So if you think about it, straight from being children, um, now with literacy being so heavily emphasised over the last 150 yeah. years or so, really not that long if you consider the whole uh, yeah, the span of, span thing. of yeah. Uh, humanity. It's funny how we, we, we uh, praise illiteracy <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, was it great when we couldn't read? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although there is, and I've not had a chance to, to read it, but there was something in the news this week about someone's getting paid $100,000 to not go to university, but to try and launch a business. As a test? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm interesting. Really I have to look into that. We're, uh, maybe we'll paste that, post that on the, the Facebook page. Well, it is Facebook. funny because school, if, you school, if school doesn't get you into glasses, if, you know, primary school, high school, if, those, if you survive that, often it's college. The, you know, yeah. If you survive that, it's graduate school that does yeah. that. You, know. <laughs> you do hear people have no glasses until they hit uh -huh. you know, their 20s, but they're in school. They're still yeah. in school. So, yeah. So, uh, so we're obviously not um, anti uh, literacy yeah. or, or education. Yeah, don't, tend, don't take your kids to school at all. Don't <laughs> take them to college. <laughs> um, and obviously, we're very pro <laughs> education. So it's more the way we, we use it, right? So if you yeah. think about um, how long we're spending looking from near, from when we wake up, um, and maybe you're reading the newspaper, and then you go to work, and either you're at a computer, or your um, something that involves I don't know bookkeeping or anything using your hands from near, then uh, say your work day is you know 10, 10 hours. Then you're looking at looking from near that whole time as you do it. You then go home and to rest you watch TV, yeah, you yeah. read a book, you read a uh, go on the computer, read a uh, an ebook uh, or you know anything along those lines, and um, it's just constant near work until yeah. you go to bed again. Yeah. So it really is excessive near work. Now, the thing with this is in order to look near, we are having to con uh, contract the ciliary muscles and we're having to round the lens so you can kind of fit that close image at the back of the retina there. So it means that we're having to continuously contract for very long periods of time, up to maybe 16 hours a day, continuously contracting that muscle. And you can imagine over time, just like presbyopia, it's causing the muscles to become fatigued and weak and it's causing the lens to become stiff. So it's very important that we start to counteract this and counterbalance this by looking into the near, uh, by looking, looking into the distance, far yeah. and then just kind of resting yeah. those eyes a little bit more because that really is excessive work there is going to cause that strain. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a good point. I was thinking, you know, I've, I've got this little girl in my life these days and she loves to read. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking if we could all be this, this kind of two-year-old mentality, she'll read, but then she'll get distracted and want to go off do something. <laughs> so she breaks that, you know, yeah. that, that constant, I'm going to do this for three hours straight. Thing. Yeah. So maybe just be more like little children and not have such an <laughs> attention span to be looking near all the time. So. Yeah. 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 And um, if you think about it, just like with any muscle with the body, if we told you to hold a, a small weight yeah. uh, or even just leave your arm contracted for, for 15, 16 hours a day and you did that for weeks, months and years, how that would uh, tighten up those muscles there and it would become difficult to strengthen out and how that would become weak. So very similar there and we're going to be spending a lot more time talking about right. how excessive near work really does have a hindrance on our eyes and I think we've talked previously about how studies now, uh, they're, they're starting to clue in on this as well and how you need to start um, spending more time looking into the distance and how it is causing myopia, right. uh, how a big jump, for example, a recent study in Asia, 
that only 20 years ago, 20% of school leavers have myopia, and now it's 90%. So they're really struggling to just have genetics to justify right. uh, that yeah. excessive near work and causing that yeah. strain. And even now, uh, say for example, the American Ophthalmologist Association talks about every 20 minutes kind of looking off right. into the distance. So science is slowly starting to catch up right. uh, with, with, uh, with nature there and yeah. starting to realize that spending long hours looking near really does cause eye strain. Okay. Now, I guess one aspect of that, of, of looking near, but is also a cause of eye strain, is staring. Oh, right, yeah, and so that's, so we're in front of the computer, and as we said, just the time spent in front of the computers being from near, that's a problem. But then another thing we do is we start staring, and staring really consists of not blinking, mm -hmm. and not moving your eyes around, not moving your eyes around a lot in the whole uh, perspective, mm -hmm. in your whole field of view. So the, when you're not blinking, the eyes are drying out, and that's bad for the health of the eyes. Uh, and you do this to concentrate, that not blinking is one of the functions that our brain comes mm -hmm. up with for concentrating. Yeah, it's very similar to the fight or flight uh, response. Mm. If you see a, a lion or a tiger, then, or anything scary, um, then obviously if you start blinking rapidly, then that's going to affect your, your response to defend yourself to either mm -hmm. fight or flight. So by um, the, the sympathetic response is to have the eyes wide open, so that you can then adapt and figure out what you're going to do in your environment. Mm -hmm. Now, even though you're not necessarily facing a lion, um, it's still a survival mechanism. And of course, it's on a very lower level unless you get stressed, and then it's, it's obviously a higher level. But there's that kind of uh, low basal level of, of uh, keeping the eyes open in order to take in that information. Yeah. And you may be blinking around 15 to 20 times a minute is kind of the average. Yeah. Um, but the average person in our modern day is, is about half of that. And then when you're reading or in front of a computer, it's half that again. So really only about five times a minute. So we're not getting that refreshing uh, blink that Richard was talking about there, yeah. rejuvenating the eyes, refreshing the eyes. Uh, and also it's just causing you uh, to strain by just staring forward. Uh, anyone that tries to just sit without blinking um, and, and purposely try and not blink for a minute you can kind of feel that it causes strain there. And then, of course, the facial muscles try to start and get involved yeah. in that as well. Yeah. And I guess that takes us on to the, does, yeah. uh, the third, uh, one of the, the third main causes of eye strain is the uh, inability to adapt to sunlight. And the reason why we bring up the facial muscles in this context is mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty simple when you're in a movie theater and you go outside and your eyes are having trouble adjusting well, actually, one of the things you should be instinctively doing is blinking, which is a, is a good response. Mm -hmm. But the other thing we do is we squint. We sort of tighten up the muscles around the eyes, and we squint uh, to sort of create the effect of a pupil, uh, of your pupil constricting to, to, to shield out more light. Mm -hmm. So instead of using your pupil, you're using your facial muscles to uh, squint and try and cut out more light. And it kind of makes sense if you're spending so much time indoors and avoiding the sunlight, and even if you are outdoors, you're wearing uh, sunglasses, then you're not allowing those muscles to strengthen and they're going to become weakened over time. So that when you are outdoors in that sunlight, then you know, the muscles there just aren't used to it. So they're not going to be able to work as well as they are. 
So what happens is your face is trying to adapt for that as well. Mm -hmm. I also feel like there's a psychological aspect yeah. to it as well now because people are, are reading all the time about the, the bad effects of the sun and, and how the sun is so bright and you've got to cover your eyes and all the rest of it. Because even on a short-term basis, when people that we work with and they've worn sunglasses for the best portion of their life, mm -hmm. uh, that maybe after only a, a session or so, mm -hmm. um, they can easily go outside without wearing their sunglasses. Well, and they would say, I put on my glasses to get rid of strain because mm -hmm. they're basically substituting for their pupils that aren't functioning at that point. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you get your pupils functioning better, then the pupils take away the need for the sunglasses and the need for squinting. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's our squinting. Ah, and the other part of squinting is often people will squint to see more clearly, mm -hmm. and that's again, you know, there's there's dysfunction going on in their visual system. They shift. Did some other things like shifting. They wouldn't need to start using their fish, mm -hmm. their facial muscles to create. Again, they're trying to create a smaller pupil, which will create more sharpness. I also think, to some extent, as well, not having the cone cells ever really getting and absorbing that bright sunlight mm -hmm. um, that they're not being fully strengthened True. as well yeah so that the eye is is kind of not used to that brightness on those cone cells and that's trying to adapt to it as well right and maybe even the, the peripheral cells to a certain extent mm -hmm. um, to how they're not strong enough in order to deal with what's going on with the situation of the yeah. bright light yeah so the fourth one then is imbalance. Uh, imbalance use of both eyes is what's creating this eye strain. Yeah, so um, we both have dominant right eyes and we will obstruct our dominant eyes, give our, our uh, non-dominant eyes some work to try and create more balance. And the, the reason we do this is that uh, if you only use one eye, or if you're predominantly using one eye, it creates strain on that. It's like standing on one leg, or mm -hmm. really, that's the best example. Standing on one, <laughs> or if you just if you just imagine if you all whenever you stood, you kind of leaned on one hip. Mm -hmm. We do see this in people's bodies. You, that's creating strain on that leg. Or let's say you injured one leg, mm -hmm. and then you're constantly using the other leg. Yeah. It's, it causes uh, that uh, the the strong leg to become. Weak. Weak and problematic, mm -hmm. it usually develops something. Yeah, and in fact, that was, that was a real big part of uh, Mir Schneider's work with uh, polio um, right. patients. Um, that what he was doing was instead of trying to strengthen the good legs, right. shall we say, in yeah. inverted commas, um, what he was doing was strengthening the weaker leg so that you could use both, so that you weren't then overusing. Right. Uh, that strong leg and we find it a lot with our more uh, less mobility clients that you know when they're getting close to a wheelchair or, or indeed in a wheelchair that a lot of the time they're overusing that little bit of strength of the, the strong uh, right. leg or arms um, they move from their legs to, to their arms that they then overuse that and then cause secondary problems yeah. from that so it's exactly the same principle with the eyes that we want to use both eyes equally mm -hmm. now let's say uh, Richard and I I would say lucky, but the, our, um, our dominant eyes are also our clearer eyes. Mm -hmm. So but somebody um, might be overusing one eye just because it's their clearer eye, maybe they've got a condition, a cataracts, macular degeneration, uh, floaters, you know, really the, the list mm -hmm. is, is endless. Um, the, the, you've got poorer vision in one eye and the brain favors what's strong, so then you just start Not using, using yeah. that and then you start overusing it over time. Right. So you underuse one, you could kind of think of like a set of scales. 
you start underusing the weaker one, so that starts tilting down, and then you start overusing what's strong inner. So it's creating this big imbalance, just like that set of scales there. Yeah. And we want to try and tilt the balance um, right. in you're, that favor. You're always going to have a dominant eye, but we want to balance it more closely. Mm -hmm. So, so that kind of leads us a little bit more into uh, the next point, which is overuse right. and overusing the eyes, um, just like what we were talking about, how you're using them for maybe 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm. If you think about uh, when I was talking about going camping, well, yeah. once it's dark, you kind of you've got a bit of fire there, but you're really, you know, you're limited to what you That's can right. do. But now that we've managed to harness electricity, it's we can kind of, we can go 24 hours. Right. Um, you know, you, you don't have to, to switch off at any certain point. So it means that we're continuously using our eyes from the moment we wake up to when we go to sleep and not necessarily in a relaxed way. Yeah, I, I, as you say this, I realize it's not just the near work that's changed over time, over the modern era, is we've become more and more and more visual mm -hmm. and our other senses have been diminished. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly music involves the audio, but even there, we introduced music videos and you know, <laughs> yeah, visual effects on the stage and yeah. all of this stuff that didn't <laughs> used to go. Used to be a musician just was on the stage and you know, he's playing, that was it. Now it's like fireworks and, and all sorts of, and screens. And we put screens yeah. on the stage. Yeah, now. I guess we can't argue because we went from audio podcast to Oh, you're right, we just did the video. So well. we're doing the same thing. We're on the same bandwagon. But it's not our fault, it's a whole trend. <laughs> <laughs> so, and especially now, we get a lot of emails from, from people asking, is it bad to say use your um, your tablet, your your iPad, whatever it is that you've got, um, or your laptop in the dark? You know, mm. people are especially teenagers, um, just sitting in a dark room and then spending long hours on chat or, or whatnot. Um, so you know, where before we were resting, right. maybe even socialising right. uh, with people, as as opposed to online, um, then now we're really overusing yeah. that. System there. Well, even when, like, when you were camping, I'm guessing that people, you talked to each other, but you didn't probably look at each other's facial expressions as much. Yeah, and, and even then, um, you got limited light from the campfire. Yeah. So it really wasn't that much. Um, excuse me. Visual. Stuff. <coughs> yeah, yeah, visual. yeah. You clue into other other things, and you start listening to things, and you're you're feeling the heat of the campfire. Mm -hmm. Other senses get activated. So. So yeah. instead of. Uh, really overusing it all the time there and it's the same as also what we were talking about balanced use of the mm. eyes because if it's not balanced then you're then overusing one yeah. aspect of your system yeah. and the same as central vision versus peripheral vision so right. we're really overusing our central vision all the time that we're reading and whatnot then that's all focused there on the, on the cone cells and that central clear detailed vision and we're switching off the periphery and there's meant to be a balance there mm -hmm. between the two yeah so especially a lot of clients that we work with that are bookkeepers or mm -hmm. researchers or anyone that has a lot of intense central vision. And of course, we're seeing more and more now with uh, computer design and, and whatnot. And uh, also photographers as well. Yeah. Um, we're finding because they're spending many long hours on editing computer, and, yeah, and uh, going through all the pictures on there. On which the computer, yeah. I guess maybe before, before computers, was it still a lot of close work? Well, yeah, you'd look at a contact sheet, and mm -hmm. you'd actually use a magnifier on the contact sheet. Right. And you'd pick one, but then you'd go in the dark room. You'd spend a lot of time <laughs> in the dark. Now I think about that. A lot of time in the dark. So that would rest the eyes and it engage the periphery. Yeah. Whereas we just don't have that now. No. With the computer. So um, the imbalance and also the overuse right. there of that. 
So, uh, so looking there then, we were looking at the excessive near work, we're looking at the staring, not blinking, and we've also got adapting to the light. And then there's imbalance between the eyes, and there's also overusing certain aspects of the visual system. Now, there was a point here that we were going to say, which is stress and anxiety, mm -hmm. um, and how that is a cause of eye strain. But everything that we've just talked about previously, stress and anxiety tends to exacerbate, exacerbate yeah. and push us uh, to do everything that we talked about a little bit more. So mm -hmm. we kind of moved it and separated it a little bit at the end there um, because you could say that stress and anxiety causes eye strain. But what we're saying more there is that stress and anxiety triggers this fight or flight response. Yeah. And it really, it makes us, uh, if you think about it, and, and for ourselves, we're, we're true uh, to this as well, that when we've got a deadline and we've really got to get some work done, yeah. just to obstruct the stronger eye and then to try and use it's weaker and things are slower and it's yeah. a little bit more difficult. <clears throat> and then you kind of, you need to take a rest and work the periphery. And um, you know, when you're stressed, you've got a deadline, you've got to get stuff done, then yeah. you just switch off. Yep, it's like, I'll do that later. I don't have time right now, yeah. <laughs> we know that, yes. From, from everything. So yeah. um, it's not necessarily that there's uh, the direct of I'm stressed and then that causes eye strain. Well, I do, I do think that sometimes you could just have someone really stressed out that causes a vision condition. We've seen mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's hard high. to directly connect, but you know, go, wow, they had all this stress and now they have this vision mm -hmm. condition. So it's sort of... It's obviously detrimental to our, all of our systems, mm -hmm. but our visual system can be pretty susceptible to stress. Yeah. So it so works that way too. To try and make it a little bit easier to understand, um, we tried to break it down there so that you can see yeah. those different aspects and how stress and anxiety can affect those. And of course, it doesn't take much research on the internet just to look at the sympathetic nervous system or stress right. and see how that triggers all these responses in the body uh, and how in the end, how that could also affect vision, especially things like poor blood flow, yep. uh, tension and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but because this is only a half an hour podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can get a start. And I guess you could also kind of umbrella this all as well under poor visual habits. Yeah. You could just summarize yeah. and say poor visual habits causes eye strain. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're saying here is, is most of what we talked about previously, uh, again, is, is all the contributes to that or visual habits. Right, the components. Of so yeah. you'll hear a lot about that like in Aldous Huxley's mm -hmm. uh, book, The Art of uh, Seeing, seeing um, is where he talks a lot about poor visual habits. So again, this is what we're talking about. And it, it also made me think um, today, I, I got a tweet from someone saying, is there any uh, scientific uh, proof that the eye exercises work? And of right. course, this is something that we we hear a lot, and um, it's difficult in 140 characters to uh, <laughs> to, uh, to talk about that one. Mm -hmm. So, but it started to make me think how um, it's not so much the eye exercises as it is you're using your eyes naturally, and right. the eye exercises are a way yeah. to get back to that something right. that we've lost over the years. Yeah, if you think of it as eye, I've started thinking of it as eye posture, right? <laughs> so this is your church. You have poor eye posture and now uh -huh. you're trying to create good eye posture yeah so you do these exercises to re-establish re re good eye posture yeah. and then once you've re-established it it can kind of take over mm -hmm. and, and continue yeah so it's it, i kind of enjoyed that because it was a bit of a, a yeah. shift and uh, it's probably easier for people to understand a little bit more 
and people are less likely to be like, what what exercise do I have to do? I've yeah. only one exercise. What exercise can I do to cure my vision? And it's not about that. It's about when we use our eyes naturally, that's where we have our best clear vision and that's how yeah. we can strengthen our eyes when we learn to utilise what the eye does naturally. So a um, little bit off topic there, but I just yeah. uh, it was it's interesting good. that that just came through in, uh, in this morning. Yeah. And it kind of summarises a bit more about the eye strain. That if you use your eyes naturally, then um, you can certainly avoid eye strain. And then the eye exercises are kind of on top that we'll talk about later on uh, mm-hmm. in order to then overcome it or indeed prevent it just to help you use your eyes naturally that little bit more. Okay, great. Well, I think that's a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week comes from an email that asks, can I substitute the eye mask and eye cover that you put over your eyes? for palming, does it do the same thing? And I guess this is talking a little bit more about, um, I don't know whether it's just our, our, me- our mentality and it's great, mm. but we're always trying to figure out how we can make things easier. Right. And uh, I mean, it's great, it's brought along, along a lot of advances in, in technology and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but even the idea of having to sit there with your palms on, on your eyes is, is too ah. much uh, Oh, I guess that is nowadays. what they're saying, right? I thought they meant sleeping at night, which I have no objection to. That would be that would be actually positive. Right. I get. Well, yeah. I guess we get two typical questions. Maybe that's yeah. what you're thinking about. But okay. for this individual, they meant just if I was if I was just wearing a face mask, then I could walk around the house. I don't know what they would do differently. Um, but. Yeah. I was maybe sit just sit in a room, uh, okay. put on a put on a face mask, and maybe do the visualization work, that's do true. the breathing work. Yeah. Um, and why you. You know why can't you just use a, a face right. mask, in, and why is it important to use your body? Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's it's the similar answer for for the two uh, two questions there. If either it's you know just wearing a face mask at night, why isn't that the same as palming, or sitting in a room and wearing yeah. a face mask? Um, so the reason why the palms are so much more important um, is that one, it brings attention to the eyes. If you think about it, if you put your hands on your abdomen and sit there for a minute then your focus moves towards your abdomen. You're a lot more conscious about whether you're hungry or whether you ate too much or you know whatever's going on there. Are you feeling anxious? Which we tend to um, link there with, with the abdomen. So it's the same with that. When we put our palms around our eyes, it's that time out, should we say. Just like what we were talking about with um, the eye strain, how we just kind of switch off. Everything is so important. We've got to get every done straight away no no rest for the wicked mm-hmm. um, so when you put your palms over your eyes it's kind of that time out it allows you to bring that focus to your eyes and uh, kind of build that relationship that we've lost along the way and it also allows us to to listen to what our eyes are telling us so they strained um, do they do you need to palm for a little bit longer uh, maybe they're feeling tired so you decide to not read uh, maybe you decide to listen to an audiobook that evening instead of instead of overusing them again and working them mm-hmm. so the palms there really give us that extra focus and and now I'll get into the more woo woo part of it which is <laughs> if you, if you imagine when you go to a massage therapist and you get a good massage mm-hmm. we could reduce it all scientifically to they're pushing on the right muscles with the right pressure. We could, mm-hmm. And then you might create a robot that did the same thing, you know. That's or, true. Or a massage chair. Or a massage chair. There you go. <laughs> massage chair would be even easier. 
So what's the difference between a massage chair and, and I'm having a masseuse? There we mm -hmm. go. Same thing. It's like, well, the power of the hand, the human touch, mm -hmm. is different. It, it, and we can't scientifically tell you it's doing XXXX, but we know that it's different. So your touch is like a massage therapist touching your body. It's, mm -hmm. it's putting it onto that area. And we believe it's drawing away. Like when we do it, you could, f and you've got tired eyes, you could start to feel heat come off your eyes, mm -hmm. things like this. That I think the hands are actually drawing some of that mm -hmm. out. Well, myself, I've um, studied uh, Reiki quite a bit. Mm. And um, even when I used to do Tai Chi um, growing up, I remember even in that as a martial art, they talked about the energy there and in the right. hand. So I was exposed to that uh, very young. So I certainly and, and noticed and started linking that some of the Reiki techniques are the same as palming, putting mm -hmm. the hands up. So you can really start to tune into that energy there of the hands. Right. And maybe if energy is, is too much for you or chi is too much, then you could just think of it as electricity because yeah. that's what we're always running through the body and that connection of, of electricity there. So yeah. you're getting that the healing benefits of the hands as well along with the attention. So that's yeah. certainly why we prefer hands over the face masks. Yeah. Uh, I guess on a side note there, face masks also could be a little bit tight um, and you're putting a bit too much pressure over the eyes, whereas your palms you can kind of uh, cave out there. True, true. So I've always had trouble finding a face mask for sleeping mm -hmm. that didn't bother me because of the pressure on my eyes. And so. I suppose also, um, if it's kind of the sleeping side of things, is that you don't have that conscious relaxation it needs to be uh, kind of like meditation what's the difference between meditation and sleeping right right you know, you're, exactly, just, yeah. you're just switching off yeah um so but it's having that conscious effort i think um, Aldous huxley calls it dynamic resting so right. you're you're consciously resting the eyes instead of just allowing it just sort of vegging out and yeah resting. well and i think we would even recommend i was thinking for sleeping we would recommend blackout curtains over mm -hmm. over the, the face mask we're not, and then I guess we would also say those, there's nothing harmful about those face masks as long as they're not cutting off circulation. So. Yeah, I'm putting too much pressure. And they're um, probably better than sleeping in a, in a lit room, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. And so. we did when we were in Brazil, uh, some of the practitioners in there came up with uh, the great idea to put kind of oh, material fabric. over the back of the, the hands. Yeah. So that's kind of like a face mask, uh, but you're using your hands first and then that covering behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you want a lot more information on eye exercises and how you can start improving your eyesight naturally, then head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com. If you want to access some of the exercises, just go to the exercise tab. And if you have a specific condition that you want to start finding out about which eye exercises are good for you, we've done a lot of the work there over there for you so that you could just start working with the eye exercises straight away and start seeing some of the great benefits that natural vision improvement has to offer. You can also get your hands on the free ebook, which is going to give you 10 top tips on some basic fundamentals on how the eye exercises can help you and which ones can start um, working at this imbalance and this poor visual habits that we've managed to acquire here in our modern day lives. You can uh, check us out on our Facebook fan page uh, just by searching for Envision Self Healing in Facebook. And you could also look Richard and I up on our Twitter accounts. 
If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to on iTunes, then uh, certainly subscribe to us there and you'll be sure to get one of these um, podcasts sent, sent to you next week. And indeed, feel free to like it and also share it with your friends and family or anyone that you think could benefit from this information that we're really starting to get a lot of people through that are saying, oh, I got sent your video and this is great help and, yeah. and whatnot. So it's great to know that even you might not have a particular condition, but we mention it here that you know someone else does, then certainly share that with them because it's really starting to spread a little bit and there's a lot of benefits coming through out of it. Yep. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.